to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. For four weeks into a series, we are now in verse 9 of of chapter 1. We're going to be doing three verses today, so this is going to be pretty fast-paced. So if you want to have a look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Baptised by John in the Jordan. When he came up out of the water, it says that, that it, was, it was torn. This is kind of a weird word that he uses because every single one of the Gospels just talks about the heavens being opened. But only Mark's Gospel talks about being torn open he has a different angle on it there's a couple of things that he's referring to in the language he uses in the points that he makes and why this moment is so significant in psalm 2 verse 7 it says i will tell of the decree the lord said to me you are my son today i have begotten you in isaiah 42 verse 1 it says behold my servant whom i uphold my chosen in whom my soul delights i have put my spirit upon him he will bring forth justice to the nation but Mark uses this word torn it's a weird kind of word that he uses none of the other gospels Matthew doesn't use it he just says it's open John just says it's open Luke just says it's open but Mark wants us to know that it's it's torn open and he also uses the same word again later on in the book but you know what it's kind of weird because Yesterday and all this week, I had a song that's been stuck in my head. I knew I'd been talking on this passage. I kept reading over this, this verse again and again and having a look and seeing what this passage kind of was saying to me. And there was an old song I couldn't get out of my head, like from the psalmist um, Natalie Mbuglia, if that's how you even say her name. How is it? That's it. That's what I said. Exactly that. And she said, I thought I saw a man brought to life. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Well, you couldn't be that man that I adored. You don't seem to know, <coughs> seem to care what your heart is for. No, I don't know him anymore. There's nothing where we used to like. Conversation has run dry. What's going on? Nothing's fine. I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold and I'm shamed, lying naked on the floor. Illusion never changed into something real. Wide awake and I can see the perfect sky is torn. You're a little late. I'm already torn. I started to think about that passage and, um, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And I can see the perfect sky is torn. And man, I was just, mate, yesterday I was putting Ari to sleep listening to that song Torn on repeat. You put one song on repeat and she just crashes every single time. It doesn't matter what it is, man. It could be in the club. She would be out. Just any song on repeat, she goes. I haven't tried in the club. I'm not doing that to her. But last night it was, it was that song. And I was just kind of getting these kind of vibes. And I felt like how that identifies with us so much. One of the things she says is, she can see this perfect sky is torn, this ideal person, she saw this person brought to life. I mean, I know she's singing about some next thing or whoever wrote that is probably on some weird trip. I don't know, that's their thing. But as I'm looking at that and I'm looking at this passage, I'm starting to see something that actually kind of speaks to me in multiple layers. I think one of the biggest problems we have is so often in life, we come to a scenario or a position where we feel like we are torn 
and it doesn't matter whether we feel that he's being revealed to us, whether God has spoken to us, whether God has a promise for us, we're just like, you're a little late, you're a little late. And I think when we look at the scriptures, we see Lazarus being dead, and the sister, one of the things she says is, if only you'd been here earlier, if only you'd been here sooner, my brother would still be alive. You could have healed him, you could have done this, you could have done that. So often you and I go through life in a scenario where we make decisions and actions based upon the, the deception, the illusion, that somehow the situation we are in, God is too late to the party. God is too late to the situation. And so we just carry on rolling in it and immersing ourselves in that situation because we feel like we're torn and he's a little late to the party and nothing's gonna really change. But you see, Mark's gospel highlights this one significant thing and uses this one word different than all the other accounts because actually he, he wants us to know something so unbelievably powerful. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, which was, first of all, Jesus just doing a good thing. He's getting baptized. Like Jesus, in the other accounts, Jesus and John have this altercation where John goes, no, 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 don't you baptize me. Like, don't you baptize me. I should be baptized by you. I should be baptized you. Like, this is the wrong way around, Jesus. Don't do this. I'm not going to have it. And then Jesus says, this needs to happen to fulfill all righteousness. It's a good thing to do. It's just doing a good thing. And if we look at this passage, what happens is, as soon as he's baptized, it says, when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. I think so often people get grace a little bit confused. Like God's grace upon your life and the things he does for you that you don't deserve are fantastic, wonderful things. But there's also a symmetry and a relation to the actions of cause and effects of what you and I do in our lives. Jesus in this moment, as he came up out of the water, that's when the heaven was torn open. That's when he saw it. If he, he doesn't step up and just do the right thing and do the good thing, I feel like so often you and I duck out of positioning ourselves to do the good things, to do the right things, to, to step out and do something significant because we have this idea of like, we, we've, we've taken grace and made it something that kind of makes us impotent. It, 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 it's something that, that, that no longer drives us, but we are saved by grace for good works. And in this passage, as Jesus just does the right thing, the obedient thing, the good thing, because he doesn't need to do it. Everyone else is getting baptized to identify with their sin and to do a purification and to hope and to believe and trust God for cleansing. That's why they go in the water. He has no sin to wash away, but he does it because it's the right thing to do. As he identifies with our sin and our situation, that's the moment when the heavens are torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice from heaven, you are beloved, my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. But this isn't the only time we kind of hear this. So there's this level of cause and effect, Jesus being obedient and, and stepping out and doing something that causes the heavens to tear open and for God to speak into his situation and speak this statement. But then when we look in Mark's gospel, chapter 15, verse 33, we're gonna read down to um, 38, 38, 39, and we're going to see that he uses this word again. No one else uses this word, just Mark. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemesek bathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran up, filled a sponge with sour wine to put on a reed and give it to him to drink, saying, wait, let's see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple 
was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw in this way that he breathed his last, he said, true, this man was the son of God. Jesus did something on earth that caused God to react and to engage with him. The great news is that you and I this week have opportunities every single day to do things that are gonna cause God to move in your favor. It's not just sitting back and waiting. It's not just sitting back and receiving. There are things, simple things that you and I can do that cause God to just tear it up. There are simple things. Here are a couple of simple things you can do. Today, we're gonna be praying for one another. That's a simple thing you can do. You see, so often prayer is all about praying for me, my needs, my situations, my provision, praying for someone else. As soon as you start doing that, God starts tearing it up. As soon as you start stepping out, praying for someone else, believing for someone else, not yourself, he starts tearing it up. When you invite someone into your life, that's why it's one of our values we have up there. When you invite someone into your life and you start making other people a priority and sharing, giving, loving, and sharing faith with someone, he starts tearing it up. When you do a public act of faith, now I'm not talking about being a weirdo on the high street, like shouting out some really solid religious stuff that no one else understands. You're not doing anything for their benefit, you're doing it for your own kind of conscience. But when you do a public act of faith, when you feed someone you know that isn't gonna be able to feed themselves, when you take care of someone in your community that you know that is in need, when you step in for someone in your family who you know is going for a rough time, you know when you put something on hold that you wanna do for the sake of someone else that you care about because you know they need some love, when you start doing those sorts of things, that's when God just starts tearing it up. He just starts tearing it up in the same way. When we're people who give, we start, he starts to tear it up. Now in this passage, what happens is, as Jesus is kicking off his ministry, as he's being baptized by John, as he comes up out of the water, this tear starts in the heavens. And so the reason Mark uses this word at the beginning of the, of the gospel of Mark is he wants them to know that the tear starts there, but when Jesus dies, it's like the tear has just continued down and down and down and down. So the tear starts in the heavens and it just makes its way straight down to earth. And when it does, it's in the temple and it's from the top. So it's like as the, as, as the tear opened in the heavens, as God started speaking out, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. As the tear comes down, it comes down to the Holy of Holies, to this curtain, the continuation straight from that moment of baptism. Because when Jesus was baptized, what he was really doing was he was creating and identifying with you and I that we could be baptized into him, that we could join him and be cleansed by him. And that's why when he stepped out and he did that good thing, when he didn't have to, he created a way and made a way for you and I. And then when he dies on the cross, that's when this beginning, this tear that starts at the top, makes its way all the way down to the bottom. The Holy of Holies was a place where God's spirit dwelled, where the high priest would go in once a year, and if he didn't have his ish together, the guy lost his life. They would leave like a bell on him and a rope around his ankle, because if you went in there and you weren't right with God, you weren't coming back out, and no one else had the guts to go in and get you. They would have to pull you out by the rope around your ankle. And this is the place that when Jesus dies, is torn from the top to the bottom, because what happened was, Jesus at the beginning when he's baptized, when the tear starts, the Spirit of God descends upon him. But then through Jesus and what he achieves on the cross, God is pouring his Spirit out on all flesh. And that's why today, when we have this time of prayer, what we're doing is we're just positioning ourselves. We're just creating a space where we can pray for one another, where we can invite God to tear it up in our lives, to tear it up over one another 
where we can take an interest not just in ourselves, in our own goals, in our own ambitions, in our own desires, in our own plans, in our own situations, but where we can really take on and care for those around us and the situations we find ourselves in. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.